Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Disney Inside Out. I'm very excited today because we have a fun guest on. Let me introduce everybody to Jackie Militano. Jackie Militano is a Jersey raised, story crazed. I like that rhyme, it's not lost on me. Story raised, or Jersey raised, story crazed. Producer, director, and actress with 10 plus years of producing, teaching, performing, video editing, and writing experience in the theater, entertainment, and media industries. She is also a former Walt Disney Entertainment cast member, having performed at both Walt Disney World Florida and World of Disney NYC in a number of productions, including the High School Musical Pep Rally, Snow White's Do-Si-Do-Si-Do. Okay, I read that before, and I was like, I'm going to... I. <laughs> All right. I would normally cut this out, but I think I'll just leave it in. I know what it is. Snow White's do si do I don't know why when I look at the words do si do I'm like, do sa do si do Snow White's do si do and Pirates in the Big Apple. She continued her Disney career working on the Disney Consumer Products Special Events team for various integrations like Fashion Week or Toy Fair. And most recently, she was a DJ and live event program host for Radio Disney New York, hosting the Kids Concern Show, on air and entertaining at various Disney Channel concerts and live events across the tri-state area. And the other important part of the bio is that she's my bestest friend. (laughs) So welcome, Jackie. Hello. Hello. I was really trying not to laugh during the whole intro. So that's fine. You can laugh. I apologize. Um, (laughs) I feel like I really gave you a tongue twister. The whole thing. The words do si It's like you don't read that that often. And I was like, in my head, yeah. I'm like, it's do si And I was like, do si I don't know. And truthfully, there was a time where I would have been able to recite all of like the lyrics to like the opening song of that show where I hosted. Oh. And I always was in a tongue twister for that. Oh, you can't do that? Let me cross that off my list of things <laughs> I was going to ask you to do. So that part's out. Uh, well, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for I know asking. it's a loaded question during this time. But... I know. I know. I feel like we've all we're all coming out of the like cocoon we've lived in and I feel mm-hmm. like I used to be such a social person and now I feel like I am just straight up socially awkward. So yes, <laughs> anytime somebody says, "How are you?" It's like, "Uh <laughs> Yeah. How do we answer I don't that?" Know. But I don't know. How are you? Thank you for having me do this with you. This is very exciting. Oh, of course. Cannot not have you here as a fellow Disney lover. And you've done so much with Disney. So I'm super excited to to talk about things with you. But first, I wanted to mention. So we're recording today, which is Earth Day. So happy Earth Day. And happy happy anniversary to Animal Kingdom because it opened on Earth Day Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. years ago. And also, when this episode is out, it will be May 4th. So may the 4th be with you as well. <laughs> Star Wars Day. I uh, really needed, I, you know, I need to do a Star Wars thing on here. But yes, happy May 4th. May the 4th be with you to everyone who's a Star Wars fan. So before we get started, I want to do the Goofy Gazette. <laughs> and... I usually pick a piece of Disney news, something new. So there wasn't any really big breaking news this week. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about something that did come up 
which is that the Little Mermaid live action film, they're they're starting to do their exterior scenes mm-hmm. next month. And they're going to be filming in Italy in a town called Sardinia. Do you know it? Oh, wow. No, I mean, you know I Italy. haven't. I, I mean, yes, I know Italy, but I haven't been there specifically, no. Okay. Um, I actually didn't know they were even filming in Italy at all. Yeah. That's exciting. So I, I was like, oh, I'll bring up live action Little Mermaid because it's probably the one thing I spend hours scouring the internet for any details and things because I'm super excited about it. So I this feel like came even up. if there wasn't a live action movie, you would still be scouring the internet for things coming up related to anything Little Mermaid. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I've been outed. So yes, they've been filming in London, I think, since January or February. And I guess like on sound stages mm. and things like that. But they're going to be filming... In this town, the pictures are really beautiful. I think it's going to be maybe like where Prince Eric lives, I'm guessing, like the village oh, and all yeah, of that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so excited. And I thought we could talk a little bit about the Little Mermaid live action because I haven't really talked with many people in person about it because I feel like all the news that came out was during the pandemic. So are you excited about the live action? I am excited. Um, I will say though, I'm, I I tend to be like a Disney purist sometimes. And I often think like, do we really need live actions of every single film we grew up loving? Like do all the animated features have to be a live action film? Um, Sometimes I think it works and I absolutely love it. And other times I think like, well, I'll go back and watch the animated movie now. I really prefer seeing that. I don't, I, I struggle with that part of it a little bit, to be honest with you. That said, I'm always excited at the same time that Disney is making new content. Well, I shouldn't say new content because it's it's revived, right, revitalized right. content. Um, and, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what they'll do. I love, love, love the diversity in casting for mm-hmm. this one. And, you know, I think that is something that is really important in general. So even if the movie doesn't do what I think the animated film did and like do it justice in that way, I'm excited to see what these artists do and make it new now. And also Little Mermaid is one of the greatest films ever, as obviously I know you agree. Um, So yeah, I am excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope that what I love about the live action is it brings back the nostalgia of like the 90s because, you know, they're doing basically all the 90s films right now mm-hmm. because we're all all the 90s kids are of the age where we're like, you know, either we have our own kids or we're old enough to be like, totally. oh, my God, I want to revisit that time. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear some new songs from Alan Menken because I love him and mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda. And actually, I don't know anything about that. So you'll have to educate me because I like literally live under a rock. Oh, <laughs> a rock in the ocean. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken are writing new songs. And, and there's not really much to know, but Alan Menken did an interview, I know, not that long ago. And he talked about, I forget how many new songs they're writing, but I think Scuttle will sing, I oh, think. Cool. And that's gotcha. Aquafina, So it's going to be a different Scuttle. Um, right, right. I think Scuttle will be... I think a female and I think maybe a bird that dives in the water versus just being a land. So there might be some interesting things. Interesting. And I think King Triton might sing. I think there's song for Ariel and Eric mm-hmm. to sing together because, you know, they don't, they don't really sing. In they the had a nice um, sh- uh, song rather on in the Broadway production that they sang yes. together, which I really yes. liked. Um, 
that's the other thing too. So like when they did the live action of Beauty and the Beast, I felt like they had so many unbelievable songs that were written in addition to the animated feature for the Broadway production that I wished were in the live action film instead of the songs they wrote that were new for that. Right. Because I feel like certain moments needed what the Broadway production did. And I feel like Beauty and the Beast, the animated film, basically is a Broadway production, (laughs) you know? Um, So it was a perfect translation in that way. But yeah, I I don't know anything like the ins and outs of like the royalties for certain songs and what's permitted and what's not or why they chose to go the route of writing like all new additional songs. And I guess I feel similarly with Little Mermaid, although I didn't love The Little Mermaid on Broadway the way I love the film. Right. Maybe this will be a better trade. I don't know. Yeah, I think they said, you know, Beauty and the Beast specifically, they're like, we have the Broadway show. They're like, Mm -hmm. but if we want to make a movie, they're like, the Broadway show is the Broadway show. Now we need to make a live action movie, which needs to be separate. So it's like, there's the animated film, there's the Broadway show, there's a live action. Each one gives you different things. So it's not just, oh, the live action is a version of the the Broadway. It's like, you can go to each one for different things, depending on how you're feeling that day yeah that that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> yeah so I think it'll be the same with Little Mermaid and I'm really excited to see Hallie Bailey play Ariel and I've on her Instagram lately people have been coming because her hair is always covered up when she posts pictures of herself and you can see some sort of shade of red at her scalp and like I think she they, doesn't show they don't show like the red or the wig or anything like I think her hair, this is my theory. I think she's going to have what they like, like goddess locks. Like Mm. if you look it up, um, I think that's what her hair is going to look like. And I I think her, they did do her (laughs) hair like that. And I think they made it a shade of red. And I think they're like, Hey, if you're going to be on social media, you need to cover your hair until like, they don't want to give it away. Right. I'd be shocked if there wasn't some color, some like red, like color in the hair. Oh, they're definitely, I think it won't be the red like the animated, but I think she'll no, have yeah, the yeah. like her own red that like fits her. Totally, so. yeah. I So I was digging through old photos for you Ooh, yeah. so that we could, you know, post some. And I was looking through all these like old Radio Disney pictures mm-hmm. when I was working. And I did an event with Hallie and Chloe. What? Like, I, I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was now. It was probably in like, it was the year that they won Radio Disney's Next Big Thing. Oh my and gosh. I hosted them live. Like um, it, it was like a meet and greet at Macy's in Herald Square. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and they were so nice. Just like really I lovely no girls. I mean, now they're them. like beautiful ladies and yeah. unbelievably talented, both of them. Um, but yeah, at the time I didn't, you know, who knows? Like at Radio right. Disney, we would meet artists at the beginning stages of their career half the time, especially right. if they were Radio Disney's next big thing. So you never know where people are going to take off. So it's exciting. Yeah. But yeah, I found all these pictures with Ooh. like me and them. I Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't realize that they had been like their career had been that long. Like, I only just really heard of Hallie and her sister. I think really when she was cast as Ariel, I wasn't familiar with, like, I didn't watch Grownish. I think the show that they're both on mm-hmm. um, and their music, I wasn't familiar. So now I'm 
now I'm like a fan, but I didn't I didn't know, but I'm I'm happy to get to know. Well, her. also because we're like in our 30s, so like we wouldn't yeah. well, know. I never clicked with the popular on. music. I never was popular. I never liked anything that the other kids liked. I was like, well, here's my cast album. Do you guys know what that is? Also, you and I know literally probably any television theme song. Yeah. And any commercial jingle. Yeah. And I always say, like, sometimes I'll repeat something to, like, Chris, my husband, or anyone, literally anybody. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? And I go, Ryan knows. <laughs> and you always know the obscure Disney yes. song. So how were you first introduced to Disney? Oh, gosh. Um, that's probably more of a question for my mom and dad. Um I'm like, well, surprise, here they are. No. <laughs> what do, what would they you like, do if they like popped up? Or would it be weirder if they popped up on the screen or if they like came in behind me? And I was like, they're in the, my house with me. It'd be weirder if they came in behind you in your house. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, and I also was how like, did they I get didn't there? Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording in my, my booth and I didn't even know you walked in. Yeah. So when I was like little, little you know, probably only like one and a half. My, the way my parents tell it is my dad used to sing the Mickey Mouse march all the time and just like march around the room to entertain me. And then I think somewhere in the transition, like the toddler transition years, once I was talking and singing myself, I would stand on the coffee table for like hours and march in circles, singing the Mickey Mouse march over and over. And my parents would be like, it is time to go to bed. Um, it's not. We laugh about it now because I have a toddler and he's starting to do these same things. And my dad's like, this is payback. But I keep like laughing that I'm going to like brainwash, you know, my child to, <laughs> like, but that's perfect. to I mean, be that's, doing that's the same thing and introducing him to Disney this early or that early rather. Um, but yeah, I would say that would be my first introduction, but my first like memories of it are probably different. Um, I mean, I can remember seeing, you know, Little Mermaid for the first time or even like watching like VHS tapes of Pinocchio and Lady and the Tramp, you know, for the first time. And I remember seeing Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater. And I think that was like one of the first films I saw in the movie theater. Um and then I remember, you know, going to Disney World for the first time. And mm. I think I was probably only like, well, we, we have a home movie that we watch that's from Christmas 1990. And my sister was like almost three years old. And we have a photo album of our trip to Disney World for the first time. I must have then been probably like four and a half, maybe five. But I can remember things like that. And I remember wanting my mom to take home videos of it you know like with the giant camera like yeah. any show we were at anything we'd sit in and um so I, I still have like some of those glimpses sort of like ingrained into my memory what do you think is or if you can name what would you think would be your favorite Disney movie well there was a time and I probably still would say Beauty and the Beast is like my all-time favorite for so many reasons. I just love it so much. But 
there are so many others that I love so much. I almost would categorize them for you. you I was going to say, we could categorize like most (laughs) underrated, funniest, best songs, best, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could go down the list. I'm obsessed with Emperor's New Groove. I can quote that entire movie backwards and forwards, and I live to be Yzma. Um, I absolutely love Hercules, the music Mm. in that movie, and just, I, I can't. I can't even describe how much I love it. Um, what else? I love a goofy movie, as you know. Yes. Which I feel like, I feel like it was so popular then, but in reality, I think it's just a cult favorite. <laughs> it is totally a cult favorite. Like when it came out, I don't think I think it did pretty well, but it definitely was one of those films that like came out on vhs and then everybody's like oh my god this is funny like this and then we all grew up being like i'm obsessed with a goofy movie but i feel like if you show it to kids now i don't know if they would get it the same like that music is also so good yeah why doesn't powerline have a real album they should have done that as like a marketing like like what if that was live action oh that would be weird but i would go see it because are they dogs like yeah i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. You couldn't really do it because it's a it is goofy. Right. And like you can't really have a live action film that highlights like the Fab Five kind of a thing. You know, you can't right. have It'd Mickey weird, Mouse yeah. live action. So right. um it wouldn't really work. But you could do like a Powerline concert live action, I guess. Um Yes. But yeah, that. and then of course like I have Pixar favorites too. Mm-hmm. Um as you know, I am so obsessed with the toy story mm-hmm. I, I was about to say trilogy but we know there's a fourth one now um but yeah i i cannot watch the third film of toy story in the last 10 minutes without hysterically sobbing oh yeah every single so time good. so yeah i i have so many favorites i can go on and on with that list forever what about your favorite, since we mentioned Broadway, do you have a favorite Disney Broadway show? Yes, but I am going to go a different route and say that Aida is my favorite mm. Disney on Broadway. Love Aida. And I loved really all of them for different reasons. I think Beauty and the Beast, obviously, as I said a thousand times now already in one episode of your podcast, that I think it was a perfect musical, but... Um, Aida has my heart. Aida was so good. Oh, God. Yeah. So that good. That could be one that could be a movie. They could make a movie of that. I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. It was such a good and show. And I'm surprised it hasn't been revived elsewhere in some way. Yeah. I think they were. So one of the original cast members, I can't remember her name, but someone will know. She was about to direct a production, like a revival of Aida somewhere. And I think it was going to go on tour. And then I was kind of thinking maybe they're feeling it out to be like, hey, would mm-hmm. this go back to Broadway? Because I know they've said Beauty and the Beast is coming back to Broadway. Like next year or whenever. I think it has an, a big anniversary coming up. Right. Um, I Probably 30 years because Little Mermaid was just 30. So Beauty and the Beast is right behind it. Um, right, right. And... So I know that's coming back, but yeah, I would love to see Aida again. I thought that who, was a great. You don't know who it show. was, like Heather Headley or Sherry Renee it, no, Scott. No, it was somebody. Or... Um, I know, I recognize her. It, she was in the ensemble, and I think if you remember the moment, like spoiler alert, when they go to the camp and they're like, "Which one of you is Aida?" and her friends like, "I mm-hmm. am," and she sacrificed herself. It was that actress, I think. Okay, I don't remember um, who played 
Yeah, I can't. I feel bad not. Yeah, knowing I don't her remember name. who played the but, role. But um, yeah. she is the one I think who is gonna direct it. But I'm like, spoiler for a few. Well, I guess it's not a spoiler because you know she's not an Aida in the show. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what is about... your favorite Broadway show then? Ooh, so I would probably say Beauty and the Beast too. I just, mm-hmm. I just think it was so something about that whole production, the cast, everybody. It just was so great to watch, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I loved The Lion King too, but. Yeah, I really love Beauty and the Beast. I do too. I love I yeah, you can't leave the Lion King out. That was innovative in its own right, you yeah. know. Um, and I loved Mary Poppins. I thought that was a good show. You're like, yeah. no. Like <laughs> 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 silence. No, um, I I did love Mary Poppins and I saw it in London when we studied abroad and I yeah. also saw it I I actually used to work. At, that's another Disney job I had and I totally forgot about it. But I used yes. to sell merchandise you at Mary did. Poppins yes. when we lived together. So. Yes. You know what's funny? I saw Mary Poppins in London too, but not the one you saw. Like when me and Jeffrey went to London like a couple years ago, they just did uh-huh. the revival and we went to it. Uh, and I'm okay. pretty sure when we were there, I was like, Jackie sold like merchandise at Mary Poppins. But um, <laughs> we were like, oh you know, gosh, I just remember having like a whole bunch of the Mary Poppins umbrellas like attached yes. to, like basically in a belt right <laughs> around our waist like does umbrellas. anyone want to buy <laughs> they're probably like a hundred dollars but I don't remember how much they were um but they were really like beautiful they, they were. looked really authentic that was one of my all-time favorite items as mm-hmm. like merchandise items for a show yeah. um but yes I did that was another Disney job I had so in college, we were both in college, mm-hmm. and then one summer you you went to Disney World, but you didn't do the college program. You did it no. on your own. Right. So how did you get, like, what was the journey from Virginia to Florida for Disney World? So basically, like, when we were in college, I did look into doing college program, but they, for some reason, I don't know if it was like our school didn't have auditions to do entertainment. Right. So you would have to travel to like another school or a different area to audition into the entertainment portion, which I had no idea if I'd even make it in to say that that was my like role assignment for college program. So I think I ended up getting, I got into college program or I was, I had an advisor. Some of this is like foggy because like how, how long this was like what? 2004. 2004 2004 was when I like applied I guess and I was not going to then get into entertainment because I didn't I wasn't able to go to an audition at a different college campus because they didn't have them in every state so you'd have to like go somewhere else anyways at the time I wasn't able to do that so I ended up talking to our like advisors on campus and like our theater department. And I said, what if I worked as a like part-time cast member or a seasonal cast member to be more specific at Disney world, would I be able to then get college credit that way? Like what if I did my own, almost like a practicum class like that we designed that Mm -hmm. I can submit some kind of like report or something that would be an assignment that I can show for my work and then I could get college credit for it. So basically we went to George Mason University and um, our theater department approved that. 
So instead of me doing the college program, I was able to then go to Florida. I went on a trip with my mom in 2004 and I auditioned to be like a character performer and I never heard anything. They, after the audition, I had somebody, um, at the time, you know, I, I'm sure I met this person like years later after actually working for Disney, but at the time, like I didn't know who anyone was. So one of the casting directors, um, pulled me aside and said, we really like you. Um, you like passed all the criteria. We don't have any openings in your height range right now. Mm -hmm. So we won't be able to like offer you anything yet, but are you willing to let us keep your, um, file for the next call it like six months, I think they said. And if anything comes up, we'll let you know if there's a seasonal opening. That was in like 2004. And I didn't get a phone call until 2005. Mm. And I hadn't gone back to audition. I have no idea if this is like still any way that Disney practices or operates. This is just my story. So I can only tell you from my own, you know, personal experience. So I got a call in 2005. I remember I was walking to my Italian class and a number from, you know, Orlando, Florida. 407. Called. Yeah. A 407 number rang and I stopped in my tracks and I was like, oh my God, 407. Could it be Disney? It be? As if like, <laughs> it was like right. Broadway's calling, but Disney's calling. Same um, yeah. So I remember I let it go to voicemail because I was so nervous. And yeah, then it was um, Disney Entertainment calling to offer me a seasonal position to be friends with um, Chip and Dale, to work seasonally in the parks in the summer, I guess, when it's like major peak season for them because kids are out of school, et cetera, et cetera. I had, in order to accept it, I had to leave school early because I wouldn't be able to finish out our full semester that year. So I left, I think, a month early. I took all my exams a month early, and I went down in May of 2005. And then I was there until, like, probably the end of August. And that was, like, my first employment experience working as a cast member with Disney in Walt Disney World Florida in the parks as an entertainment cast member. And now when you go, there's a thing called Traditions. Mm-hmm. And that's like your your training. Do you? I'm like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with that. I want to like go and take the traditions, but I don't want to be a cast <laughs> member. I'm like, can I just like do the classes? And then like, you don't have to like, I don't have to work there. But it's at Disney University. Do you remember like what that experience was like? Or Yeah, a little bit. And I imagine it's changed and evolved over time. Right. And, you know, that was, I think I did a brush up traditions class when I worked in Disney in New York too, but it was like an abbreviated version and not the same as what I did in Florida. From what I remember, it was like a two to three day portion of your like orientation. So it's not your full training. Like once you're done with traditions, you go into whatever area that you're working in, um, whether it's, you know, entertainment or food and beverage, hospitality, like whatever in the parks and you continue your training in that department. So this portion is basically an introduction to Disney, not only as a company, but as a culture. For me, the parts I retained the most were kind of like the walk down memory lane. Like they take you through the history of Disney and how it started. And really for what stood out to me, it was like, why it is so special. 
and why it's so different. That part was exciting. I don't remember a ton, but I know that it was a few days. I know we also went on, I think, like a tour. They took us like underground in Magic Kingdom to show us like the tunnels and everything. Um, It is kind of your first intro to working for the company. So I think they want to set everyone up in the same frame of mind. You know, like this is family entertainment. You're not an employee. You're a cast member, you know, and to show. Right. And there's something to be said for having the like people always laugh like when they go to the parks and it's like, oh, everyone's so happy. And like, yeah, of course, we all have like sad, bad, whatever you want to call it days. But at the end of the day, like for some reason, when you are there working and you're out on set with guests, there is something so beautiful and magical about it that it is hard not to smile, you know? And I think like starting with traditions personally is like one of the best things the company can do because Mm -hmm. it sets you up in that frame of mind of like, we are essentially working for the same goals. That's more or less to like make people smile, you know? I love it. Um, So yeah, I don't, I feel like that doesn't fully answer your traditions question but I feel like it's had to evolve over the years. It did. And I think they recently, like, I think you learned like four keys. Yeah. And they just added. Yes. They added a fifth. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. You, you might be able to talk more on the keys than I can at this point, if you were following the news. (laughs) I remember the um, news and yes, a fifth, a new key. So it was, safety courtesy show and efficiency and they added inclusivity yes inclusion is the fifth key inclusion um so they do teach you yeah the keys and some of that with the inclusion part of it in the past they would teach you like like what you're allowed to wear kind of a thing like your costuming and like your hairstyle your makeup your nails you know I'm, i'm talking from like my perspective because like what kind of nail polish I can wear, what kind of makeup I can wear, what kind of piercings I can have. Um, So I think they've opened that up quite a bit to allow a lot more diversity in people's identity and expression. And I'm only speaking from what I've read and seen, and I have tons of friends who are still cast members in the parks and everyone seems really excited about this move. And I think it's a necessary move in the right direction and it's been long overdue. So I'm excited that they added that. But yes, that is that would be a part of traditions to walk you through the keys and what they those mean. And you know, any company that you work for, any corporation has something like that, you know, that they give you right. like the rundown of um like the goals for the company or the I'm losing the word that makes the most sense, but so one thing I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if this happened or if you remember or if you're like not allowed to talk about it, but I heard this on <laughs> another podcast. I don't know. So Carly Weisel does this podcast called Very Amusing. And Carly is like a journalist. She covers like a lot of Disney thing, theme park mm-hmm, things, Disney mm-hmm. Universal. She had this cast member say that in the Utilidors, the tunnels which run under the Magic Kingdom and under the parks, they said, oh, there used to be like people that would sell like jewelry or like kind of like in Times Square, how there's just people set up and sell things and cast members could buy. And we, she was like, what? I'm floored. Like that doesn't sound like anything Disney. And the person's like, yeah, it totally happens. 
So I was curious if you had ever seen that. Truthfully, no, I don't think I ever have. I know that there are like cast member organized like fairs where like, you know, different cast members are like crafty in different ways. And like, you know, they'll have a fair to support certain current events maybe, or um, just to like help support each other. So I know stuff like that happens, but it doesn't, I don't think that happens on Disney property, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it was before my time or maybe it was after my time. I don't, honestly don't know i don't recall seeing that it's a Um, mystery yeah the other mystery is was there a subway sandwich shop down there i think so okay yeah but it was like in our some of our like little cafeteria areas right whether or not it was subway that i honestly cannot say or remember but i do remember getting like because I'm a vegetarian and there's only like one or two things I eat at Subway. But I remember um, getting some kind of like veggie patty sandwich that was like loaded with like shredded lettuce and stuff like that. Was it shaped like Mickey? No. <laughs> it, no. Our food is not like the cast member right. areas you don't get where the you food can purchase like, well, not just that. It It's not like Disney themed. Right. They're like, we're not spending the time for you guys down here. It's just for (laughs) upstairs. Yeah, It's also possible that cast members, I mean, everyone's different, but cast members might be like, we see that food all the time. We just want want a Mickey whatever down here. Yeah. Who knows? Do you have any like favorite, like funny experiences? You were friends with Chip and Dale. Um, I know that there's a, you interact with so many people. Is there like mm-hmm. a really funny moment that you had or, you know, as another cast member, but I think you were mostly friends with Chip and Dale the time you were there. Okay. So strictly in the parks, I, yeah, I was friends with lots of, lots of our character friends. Um, I, from the Chipmunks to like Jesse from Toy Story to King Louie from Jungle Book. And honestly, I have one day that stands out to me the most and it isn't when I was a chipmunk or I shouldn't even say that. It isn't when I was friends with the chipmunk. Um, Sorry, everyone. Character integrity. I've told this story several times before and (laughs) I actually wrote a personal monologue about it and performed it at my old acting studio, MCS. I I will tell this to you now in a shorter length of time, but I was King Louie. Friends with King Louis. Gosh. Friends with King Louis. This is what happens when you don't work in the parks for a long time and you start to forget the things you should and should not say. As if children are listening to your podcast. I don't, I, this is, you know, this is for anyone. There could be five year olds. That's true. It it is for everyone. So I was friends with King Louis one day. So King Louis' costume is very, it's very heavy. All the costumes are very hot. The way different costumes are designed, obviously, are designed to look so much like these characters. So sometimes they're not they're not human. You know what I mean? They're not made to fit on a human body so that you look like a human. You're made to look like animated characters. He has these big arms and the the hands are like you don't put on gloves. You wear or you like hold on to these dowels kind of. And at the end of the dowel are these plastic rubber honestly i don't know what they're made of hands but they're structured you don't put your hands in so you can't move them 
So they're just there. You're holding like these sticks to move like a monkey. I found that costume for me to be one of the most difficult because it was so much heavier than me and it was harder to move after a long day. And I had this one day in the park and I was out, I was in Magic Kingdom and I was like under that like entryway that under like the train station Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And it was pouring rain, of course. Hello, Orlando. Orlando. And I had this child come up to me demanding to get an autograph, but King Louis cannot sign autographs because he has no hands. So I, we always did this thing where like you would tap one hand over the other to like show like these are not, like I cannot move these hands. And then we do like a shrug our shoulders kind of animation and then scratch our head with the hands. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to write. And you would always have um, a greeter with you, basically like your character bodyguard. Um, And the greeter would always say, oh, I'm sorry, King Louis never learned how to write. Like he lives in the jungle. And yeah, he can't. You know, Mowgli never taught him kind of a thing. (laughs) Mowgli Mowgli doesn't know how to write either. (laughs) True. The kid and his mother are getting increasingly irate that I would not sign the autograph book as if I was personally denying them the autograph the kids started beating me up like (laughs) it was like punching me in the head kicking me in the legs and stomach like meanwhile the mother is fighting with my greeter and my greeter's trying to like appease the situation and we're both trying to just like stay in it like try to like win this moment back and like give this family a magical moment like they just were not understanding or accepting the answer that like I physically cannot sign even if you wanted me to. So right. that is the end of that. I'm not proud of this moment and hopefully this wouldn't stop me from ever getting hired <laughs> back. But I remember I took one of my hands and just like held the fist of it into this kid's stomach. So he was like not punching but like so that he was away from me at a distance and I held him with the stick you know so he was so much further away from me and I did a like wave to everybody else and I tried to like King Louis like right monkey walk offset in the pouring rain and you know my greeter had to like run after but there was what do you do do So that sticks out in my mind. But the reason I'm telling you that is not to be the Debbie Downer of Disney stories. It's to be uplifting. Um, So later that day, the sun came out. It stopped pouring rain. And I had my next set. And I was terrified because that was the first altercation I had ever had in costume. You know, it's disheartening. And of course, you're going to get guests like that sometimes. And of course, you have to be like the, call it bigger person um and not let it phase you because you have to find ways to make it magical and also there are always other guests watching right so you have to be careful anyhow so i have my next set and i'm terrified these twin girls come up to me they ask for an autograph i'm like here we go again Great. they're like that Wonderful. boy over there said we should ask for an autograph <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so oh gosh so these two girls probably about the same age as that boy too. I would say they were probably like 10 years old. So they asked for an autograph and I did my little routine, like King Louis can't sign autograph. Oh my gosh, King Louis never learned to write. Uh Oh, you know, the little, the one girl who happened to be in a wheelchair was like, oh, that's okay. 
And I thought they were just going to turn and leave. And the other sister was like, here. She puts her her autograph book on the ground next to my feet. And she lifted up my foot so that my King Louis toe was like on her notebook. Mm -hmm. And she traced my foot and she wrote King Louis next to next to it like she was like okay well you can't sign an autograph but i'll still be able to get your autograph right i thought that was absolutely brilliant and so so clever and it moved me to tears so i'm like crying now in my head and um i don't know why we didn't like adopt that idea and start using it for king louis right but anyway so then the sister who's in the wheelchair it's her turn to get the autograph and i kind of am trying to signal to her sister who just traced my foot like can you help her like do do the same thing and the sister in the wheelchair goes oh no no it's okay she lifted herself out of her wheelchair with her arms lowered herself to the ground put her book there traced my foot lifted herself back into her chair with her arms and I like I'm like overwhelmed thinking about it right now but it was one of those moments that you go oh my god this is why we do this Right. This is why Disney is so important and so magical. Like, I couldn't believe also such a, such a contrast of a day, you know? Like, right. yeah, you, you kind of see it all, but it was... That when you was hear that, I always think you're main... going to say, she lifted herself and she walked, and everyone was no. like, it's a miracle, she walked! <laughs> it was still a miracle! Gosh, like, what an impressive kid, you know? Yeah, kids are um, so amazing. Like, yeah. They, they think of so, everything. Yeah, so I would say that was like the day, like in the parks specifically, that day stands out to me. And probably like the next best memory was when my family came to see me in the parks. And I was working at Chef Mickey's, which is like Mm -hmm. one of the character meet and greet restaurants in uh, the contemporary. Yeah. My mom from like across the room just kept yelling, Chip! Chip! Oh my gosh. I thought she was going to be like, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. (laughs) But meanwhile, my sister's like, no one knows that your daughter is playing this. And you're like screaming across the room, like, let the other kids meet her. They're probably like, wow, that lady's like a real fan, like, of Chip. She's a professionally crazed fan. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love doing that impression, even though your mom doesn't sound like that, but I always do that. That's my daughter. <laughs> she doesn't sound. Sorry, it's my beautiful daughters. My beautiful daughters. That doesn't sound like her either, but that's no, the character you and I made yeah. when we lived together. <laughs> so you're at Disney World and then like flash forward, like move to New York and you're at the World of Disney store, which I want to clarify for people. World of Disney store was on Fifth Avenue it was a flagship flagship chain of specialty retail stores. There are a few of them, mostly in the mm-hmm. parks. Like there's still one in Disney World. People often, and I know this is like a point of contention, but people are like, it's the Disney store. But you're like, no, it's not the Disney store. It's right. World of Disney. And right. there's a difference. So what if somebody asked you, what would you say would be the difference between a Disney store and a World of Disney? Well, at the time, and I don't know what the case is anymore, I believe the the Disney store chains like that you would see in the mall, I believe they were owned by like Children's Place or something. 
which now I think Children's Place is owned by the Gap Incorporation or like something like, yeah. anyways. So they were owned by the Children's Place. Yeah. So the Disney store owned by Children's Place had like licensed merchandise from the Walt Disney Company, but it was not the same merchandise that you would find either in the parks or in the World of Disney store. The World of Disney store was owned and operated by Walt Disney World. And because of that, we had merchandise from the parks. Um, In addition to that, the reason we had like entertainment there was because they wanted it to be a destination in New York. So we had everything from like a beautiful art gallery, like you would see on property at Disney World, like those different art stores there. And then we had a theater called The Friendship Room. And we performed interactive shows on the stage there. We had character meet and greets. We also had what we called Stormosphere, which is similar to like the branded Streetmosphere in Hollywood Studios. That is the main difference. Like one had elements that you would see in, a, in the parks to be a destination to go to that you would get the Walt Disney World experience mm-hmm. and you would get Walt Disney World merchandise in addition to like New York themed Disney World style merchandise. So like stuff that was special to the store that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And still to this day, I don't even know if it exists anywhere else. Um, And then of course the Disney stores that you'd see in the malls. And I believe there were only three World of Disney locations when I worked there. I think it was one in California, one in New York, and the other was in Florida in downtown Disney. And that, that may have changed since I have no idea um, that, you know, that could be like somewhat inaccurate information, but that was the impression that I had at the time. And yes. So the world of Disney store had entertainment from 2004, which I think was the opening of the store on fifth Avenue and 55th street. And it closed entertainment in 2009, February of 2009. And then that like, New Year's that same year, yeah, it closed the whole store. Yeah, and then now there's a 2004 to December 31st, 2009. Now there's a Disney store in Times Square, but that is not World of Disney. It's not run by the the parks. There is no entertainment, Um, and it has some unique merchandise that would apply to like New York City. Yes, but for the and some things that maybe you'd find in the park, but for the most part, it is a Disney store. Yeah, and it looks like in 2008, Disney did take back the Disney stores. So yes, they they correct. did they do own them now, I believe, yes. unless... Um, yeah, and they've kind of tried to revamp them and, like, roll them out. Somebody posted, like, a 90s Disney store, and I was like, oh, I loved the 90s Disney stores in the malls. Like, I loved going to them. They always had, like, yeah. the huge stuffed animal display. Yeah. They had, like, the big characters, like, around the store, and everything was, like, a film strip. Like, it looked like I I love film it. Reels. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I loved those. I wish that those were still around. Yeah, I was thinking when I first moved to New York on my very first day, and this photo is dated June 3rd, 2007, we... When Jennifer Harris, when I moved in, she was like, let's <laughs> Great. go see She's going to be like, why am I in this podcast? Yeah, here she is. Um, she was like, let's go see Jackie on the day I moved in. So like this photo is like us on the day I moved to New York. I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram. I remember it so vividly. I have like a photo shoot series from that. 
Yeah, we did that with Jen. I'll put all these up. But this is you. You are. This is the Pirates of New York show. Yeah, where you so, walked around as a pirate. Yeah, I started working at World of Disney in New York in. Um, oh, and I started winter two thousand six, and I you think, moved the yes. summer of two thousand seven. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so I started in winter two thousand six as a seasonal cast member. Um, and I basically transferred my status, I think, from Orlando, Florida up to New York. And they had a bunch of holiday enhancements that they needed extra cast members for. So I was able to, you know, be friends with Chipmunks again um, for the holidays in 2006. And then I loved it so much, I wanted to officially move to New York. And that was kind of like a jumping point for me to say, I already have this cast of people that I know and absolutely love like a place I can feel comfortable and call my home and a job. And maybe now it's the time. So I took the plunge and I moved and then I became a part-time cast member and then a full-time cast member in the course of the time that I was there. When you moved up, I was already working. And at the time Pirates of the Caribbean was huge Super and they were on their like what second film at the time. I think so. so. We did, um, we had a show called Pirates in the Big Apple and we, it was during the time where the premiere was coming out. And we had a huge premiere party, too, that, like, we had guests, you know, that they paid for this admission to a big, like, pirate-related party. And they played all these pirate games. And um, we did all these, like, interactive pirate stormosphere activities and shows. And then we had, like, this parade that we walked to the Ziegfeld Theater Ooh. And we got to watch this like screening and it was, it was one of those like midnight showing kind of a things. Um, but it was so fun. But yeah, we were doing Pirates of the Caribbean stuff at that time. And we were all part of quote, Captain Jack Sparrow's crew. Yes. So we had to like come up with our own characters and workshop them and sort of these improv rehearsals. I think my character's name was Ula La. Yes. I remember <laughs> it. Yeah, it was Ula La. I'm not sure what show or part of the Stormosphere I was doing when you were there, but we did have one where we, it was like how to be a pirate and we would mm -hmm. teach, you know, kids like different things, like learning how to say R. And then we made like, um, I didn't make them. I wasn't very good at them, but my, some of my partners on set would make the like balloon swords right. and we teach the kids like sword fights. Um, but anyways, yeah. What a time in our what a lives. Time. It was such a great story. I loved it. And then there was also the other really popular thing was the high school musical. That was when that was like That was my huge. love. And yes. you were a, a cheerleader, right? Yes. So we had a show called the High School Musical Pep Rally, which was like a scaled down, like majorly scaled down version of what you would see in the parks. Mm -hmm. But the concept was still the same. It was like we would entertain with a cast of three to four at a time. Um, we'd bring like guests into the friendship room and we would do the dances on the stage and we would teach the kids part of we're all in this together. And then we would do the dance with them. So similarly, like you'd see in the park where they teach them like wildcat claw, wildcat claw, punch, you know, punch. Right. Like we would teach that. Um, but yeah, we were all either dressed in the cheerleading outfits or basketball yes. player outfits. Yeah. So those were our costumes for it. Um, and my character's name for that, I think, was Holly Herky. Holly Herky. Like a Herky jump. Yeah. Which, like, clearly I can never do a Herky jump. Nobody knows that. Um, but we, yeah, it was fun because all of our interactive shows, our show director, Greg Triggs, who is an absolute 
brilliant, brilliant man. Um, he would workshop us through these improv sessions where we would create these characters that were reminiscent of the films and that he would, along with our manager, um, Kate or Jim, depending on who it was at the time, um, would approve like, okay, your character is ready for show kind of right. a thing. And it was really fun. It, it was some of the yeah. literal best of times, but, and I'm also a high school musical, like junkie. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so popular. Like still obsessed. is popular now with the series before we have to go. I want to play a little game with you that I put together. Oh gosh. I'm scared. But I call the game fact or fantasy. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to name attraction names and you tell me if they were fact or if I just made them up. If they were an actual Disney attraction. And it, but it do could you be... have the real answers? So you'll yes, be able to tell us? Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> they could be attractions anywhere, like any Disney park. So that's why it's kind of difficult because it could be anywhere. Okay. All right. So the first one is Castle Mystery Tour. Fiction. Wait. What is it? Fantasy or fiction? Fact or fantasy. <laughs> fact means it's real. Fantasy means I made it up. Fantasy. It's real. It was in huh. Tokyo Disneyland for about 20 years or so. Wow. Um, it was a guided walkthrough of Cinderella Castle, really terrifying, and the only attraction that used the Black Cauldron's Horned King at the end. Uh-huh. It was apparently really just a weird thing to have, but it was there for a long time, but it was very departure from other things Disney had done. All so. my Tokyo Disney cast friends are going to be like, how didn't you know that? Yeah, I had not my heard of it. My brain is not thinking, though, outside of Walt Disney World, so I need to start right. opening my mind for a second to get the answers to this correct. Okay, so the next one is Superstar Limo. Fact. You are correct. Superstar Limo, also a very, this one was a very bizarre ride. You have to look at the pictures of this, but Superstar Limo was, a, I think, an opening attraction at California Adventure. Some people say it was designed to go down history as the worst Disney ride ever built. You boarded a <laughs> limousine, I use quotes, I've to basically take a tour of Hollywood, and you went through, like, Basically, they're like, oh, they were horribly painted plywood flats. There were like, didn't weird... they show some of this on the Imagineers show on Disney Plus? Oh, they might have. I don't know if I saw that. That that's po totally possible. I I could be crazy, but I feel like I literally I just saw that. something. Yeah, there was like they had like figures of people like Cher and Regis Philbin, but like some of the pictures, mm -hmm. like the picture of the one of Cher, it's like not good. Well, you know that I can't go and look it up. Yeah, you can't watch. You oh, know yeah, Jackie my... can't watch ride videos because it freaks her out, and this is unfortunate. <laughs> unless somebody's with her, so no, maybe... unless you're with me. But yeah. it, it's a, it's a weird, irrational fear because I've been on some of these rides hundreds of times. Right. But something about somebody else's home video going through the ride on camera, and you know, it's never captured the same way as it looks in person, and it, it shouldn't. Yeah. Something around about going around these bends, I it wigs me out and I like jump. <laughs> and you're like, I can't watch this. I can't do it. <laughs> I feel like there was one I really wanted to see that was in a park we hadn't been to and I made you sit with me so that Yeah. We could watch I it. Can I can actually what watch that was, it. You mean either. Okay, here's another one. Primeval Whirl. That's real. Yes. Sadly it's closed now. They announced it won't be back. 
but it mm-hmm. is in Dino Land, USA, and I loved that ride. Some people hated it, but it was a carnival type spinny ride. I I did. I have to admit, I did not like that ride. It yeah. kind of like bounced me around. It was and very jerky. It felt like seat. you were gonna fall off. It was like hairpin turns, and it felt yeah. like an old carnival ride that wasn't put together safely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think fun. it was, but yeah. But it's not coming back. I'm sad. It, rest in peace, Primeval World. It went extinct. Ha ha. <laughs> okay, final one. Yzma's Laboratory Lunge. I'm so torn. I want to say that's fantasy, but I feel like that is real or it's coming. Fall the lever, Trump. Gosh, I don't know. Fantasy? You're correct. I made it up. I made it up because I was like, it's the ride you want, but it's not the ride that's been made. And Which I is don't why know. you trapped me into being yes. torn. We'd mm. all would love to ride that roller coaster that Yzma and Kronk do. I think it's a perfect idea for a ride. I, like, isn't that something that's being talked about? I don't know. We need Maybe. to get current cast members on here who know more yeah. than we do. Okay. Well, that was good. You did well. Because I was like, this is kind of hard because these are random names. But you did a good job. Bravo. Is this the game you play with everyone? or you? No, I play different games. This was probably mm. the hardest one. <laughs> but I was like, if anyone can handle it, Jackie can handle it. Before we wrap up and say goodbye... I want to give you a chance to sort of let people know, like, you know, where we could find you on social media, things like that. You mean when I'm not under my rock? Um, Yes, when you're not under your rock. Well, uh, you can really just find me on the socials on Instagram. I'm mostly on at um, Jackie with a Q U, which Mm. you can just put in the. I'll put in the show notes. Yeah. In the notes. Um, But yeah, Jackie with a Q U. And then my production company, because I do a lot of producing and video production and editing and theater directing currently, that is at quproductionsco.com. Pretty much everything is linked there. There is so much you've done, and I know, but you're going to come back for other episodes because I know going through, I was like, there is so much. When I was going through, I was like, we're not, I was like, we're going to have to do multiple or like talk about, you know, other things we love because you've done so much. But thank you for giving us the first glimpse of Disney World and World of Disney. Everybody, thanks for listening to us. And you can find Disney Inside Out Podcast on Instagram at Disney Inside Out Podcast or Twitter at Disney Inside Out O. Oh, sorry, Disney Inside O. Well, I screwed that up. On Twitter, Disney Inside O. You know why? Because I recently changed the handle because I had something different. It didn't make sense and I'm still struggling, so I'm sorry. <laughs> or if you have ideas, uh, things you want to see, email Disney Inside Out Podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to rate review the podcast it helps other people find it subscribe and thank you for listening and thank you jackie for being here thank you for having me yeah and everybody we'll see you real soon